Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Well, as first, I just want to uh, honor our pastors, uh, Pastor Tim and Alicia. Uh, can we just get up for our pastors? They are just some of the most humble, most humble couples I know, and I love Pastor Tim and Alicia because they are the same every single day. No matter what environment they're in, they're always, always, always the same. And it's a privilege to be with you guys tonight uh, for Meadowbrook Midweek. Um, if you guys don't know who I am, my name is Pastor Daniel, and I'm the student pastor here at Meadowbrook Church, uh, So, which basically means I get to beat middle school and high schoolers at ping pong a lot. <laughs> um, we obviously do more than that, but uh, let me just say this. I just want to thank you guys for believing in the next generation. You guys believe in them so much. You guys give money to us uh, to spend and have amazing environments. You guys, you guys have done so many initiatives for us. Um, so give it up for yourselves because you guys really are believing in the next generation. That is a true fact. And I want, to, I want to say this too is that they're not just the next generation. They are the now generation. They're the ones that are serving the church now. They are a part of church now. And I love hanging out with them and being there. So thank you for letting me be a part of their lives uh, every single day. So, but a little bit about me. Uh, I'm originally from Tallahassee, Florida, which like Easy was saying, uh, we have some Seminole fans in the house. Any? Okay. A little bit less than Gator fans, but that's okay. And nobody's Miami fan, so it's perfect. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm originally from Tallahassee, and also uh, my wife is on the front row, um, and she, we have been married for about a year and a half. Um, she's amazing. Um, she's a kindergarten teacher at the academy. Yeah, give it for my wife. She my, she's my boo thing. Um, she's awesome. Um, but we've been married a little over a year and a half now. She's an amazing kindergarten teacher. And she's also our special needs coordinator here at the church, um, which is an amazing thing. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's not too many special needs programs at churches across the country. And we have one here. And, she, and it's because of you guys, with Pastor Tim's vision initiative, we have it up and running. And it's amazing. And she's doing a great job. Love you, babe. Uh, and so, uh, but one more random fact about me is that I am a foodie. Which just basically means I love food. Anybody in the house loves some food. Like, I, like, my wife may not do this, but I do this. I plan my vacations around where I can eat. This is a true fact. Um, we went to Chattanooga, Nashville this past week, and there's just so many good spots to eat. And I looked at TripAdvisor and Yelp for hours just trying to figure out where we can eat. We even ate this place called Biscuit Love, because biscuits are love. <laughs> um, biscuit Love, and I had a, a, it's a giant biscuit with a burger on it. And they have this thing on there called bacon jam. It's basically a jelly with bits and pieces of real bacon. Not like bacon bits or anything. Like real pieces of bacon. Guys, I was in food heaven. I believe that bacon jam is going to be in heaven. Thank you, God, for bacon jam. Uh, that's a little bit about me. Um, hopefully you like bacon like I do. <laughs> but anyway, can we get into God's word tonight? Sound good, church family? Awesome. So if you have your Bibles or whatever device you might have, it uh, could be an iPhone, an iPad, whatever it might be, because Apple runs the world, um, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. If you don't have anything, we have it up on the screen in just a minute. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. So if you're taking notes today, uh, today's sermon is called Fearless in Weakness. 
being fearless in weakness. And so here our scripture we're talking about today, we have Paul uh, talking to the church of Corinth. And if you know anything about the church of Corinth, they were crazy. Like, we live in a crazy world today, right? This church was crazy as well. This t- time period was crazy. And so Paul's, but we get a little glimpse of what Paul is going through in life here. He's talking about his weakness. So let's read in verse 9. It says, but he said to me, God's talking to Paul, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. And I love this next sentence. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so thinking about life, we all go through certain things in life. We go through some good things, we go through some bad things, we go through, through some rough spot, spots, and then, but there'll be times where we remember things forever, and things that could be good, could be bad, could be in between, and I remember the happiest day of my life, I'll remember this for the rest of my life, was the day of my wedding. Like, it was just an amazing time, and I tried not to cry, I tried to be a man and not cry, but I did. I can't lie to you guys. I did cry. Um, you know, I work out, and I try to be manly, and, but I cried, guys. When I saw my wife walking down the aisle, I just broke down. There's even pictures of me with my tear. All the girls are going, ah. Yes. It happened. It happened. But I remember that. I remember that circumstance in life, that time in my life forever, because it was the greatest day of my life. But there's going to be other times where things are not so nice. Things are not so happy. Or maybe there's things in life that our generation or this generation or the next generation will go through that no one else had to go through before. Like I remember, um, and a lot of you guys remember, a lot of our students may not remember this that well, but I remember sitting in sixth grade class, I was 11 years old, when 9-11 happened. I can picture the exact spot I was sitting in. Uh, I was in science class. My best friend at the time came rushing in the door, and he said, hey, guys, turn on the TV, turn on the news you know, the, the Twin Towers have been hit, and at first I was like, what is a Twin Tower? I had no idea. I was 11. I'm from Florida. I had no idea. But, you know, after the events unfolding, you know, our nation felt like this, this our heart broke for everybody. Our whole nation felt weak at once. And then I can't even imagine, like, my wife was living in New York at the time, and she remembers that the, the fog and the, and the smoke coming literally to the other side of the city, like, I can't imagine that, but I remember that that, that that day is ingrained in myself forever, and I'll remember that. And so you might even remember things in history that will shape, have shaped your life forever. And there's also some other things that no other generation from here on out will quite remember. Certain things, certain life circumstances. Like, like for, for many people in this room, from this point on, we're not going to remember the struggle of dial-up internet anymore. Like, do you guys remember American, America Online, AOL, and you had some beeping sounds and some phone numbers and some crazy noises that you sound like a missile was about to come off in your room? Like, the, the, the kids today will never remember this, which is kind of sad, but kind of glad. I, I don't want to deal with that anymore, because especially when the internet crashed, you didn't get it for like three days. <laughs> like, it was just terrible time. So no other generation remember that. And then, you know, I was a 90s kid, so I grew up in the 90s, and maybe for for you, um, you grew up in the 90s, or maybe you had a kid who grew up in the 90s, maybe your grandkids grew up in the 90s, but there was like this had-to-have toy that no other generation will have 
that I remember, not the Furby, that was a terrible toy. Um, this was, do you, I don't know if you guys remember this, the Tamagotchi. Yes. It's basically, for those of you who don't know, it's a basically a digital pet that you can feed, you can walk, take it to the bathroom. It was weird. Um, but I didn't have a Tamagotchi that long because that thing would die every two hours. Like, I was not a good pet owner of my Tamagotchi, guys. Like, it was just, I remember that, the struggle of the Tamagotchi. And then, especially nowadays, no other generation will deal with this um, T9 texting. I don't know if you guys remember T9 texting with, like, a Razor phone. You know, nowadays, kids are born with an iPhone 7, like, attached to their umbilical cord. Like, it comes along with them. Like, it's like, the baby comes out, and boom, here's your iPad. It's like, (laughs) I've seen two-year-olds work an iPad better than I can. This is true. This is a true story. And so they won't know the struggle of not, of not having be able to text easily. And then finally, no other generation, I mean no other generation, will remember the pure joy it was of picking your favorite movie out at Blockbuster. No other generation will remember this. Rest, hey, R.I.P., rest in peace. I miss you guys. Um, you'd be walking into a room full of just movies everywhere. And then, like, the parents would pick out, you know, the parents have their side, and the kids' section was, like, huge. You can pick out all these different movies, and it wasn't, like, scrolling through Netflix and Redbox or anything. Like, you picked up a movie, and it was, like, yours for, like, five to seven days. And then don't, don't forget to pay that late fee. <laughs> Otherwise, you will go to jail. <laughs> like, I, like no, one, uh, no one else will remember that from now on. And the reality is that those circumstances, some of the happy things, some of the sad things in life we'll remember forever. And there's going to be times where you feel really strong in life, really happy, really joyous. But there's going to be times where you feel really sad. You're not sure what to do. You feel weak. And maybe you even remember some very vivid things that happened. Maybe it was a family member being sick and passing away. Maybe it's your favorite dog who went on to dog heaven, the ground. Like, <laughs> like we, we, or maybe because, and I think a lot of times, you know, we'll remember certain things, and there's going to be times in life where we just feel weak, and we don't know exactly what to do. I remember when I was about seven or eight years old, and so I have a younger brother. He's two years younger than me, and I promise his goal in life from the age he was born um, to the time he was about 16 or seven was to annoy me. Like, that was his life mission. He would even tell, like, he wouldn't tell you if he was right here. He's saying, yes, that was my life goal. And so he would annoy me a lot. So when I tell the story, I promise it wasn't on purpose. I pro- Anybody have a, bro- a little brother or sister that has annoyed you in life? Okay, perfect. I'm not the only one. So I promise this is a true story. Um, I can't make this up. And I promise this wasn't on purpose. So growing up, I played baseball from about this high all the way through college, loved playing sports. And so I'd practice in my backyard for hours. I would just practice swinging my bat. um, And I was pretty good for my age and everything. So I would swing as hard as I could, just over and over and over and over again. So one day, me and my brother in the backyard, I'm just practicing my swing over and over and over again. And my brother's just somewhere around. I didn't know exactly where he was doing something. I don't know. Um, but I was really focusing on my swing. And so I'm like mid-swing at one time, and my brother just happens to walk in front of me. For no reason, he walks in front of my swing. I'm mid-swing, guys. You ever have one of those moments where it's like slow motion? Like, I remember I geared up, and I'm about right here, and I'm just like, 
oh no. <laughs> and so I get here, and I, t- I follow through, and I smack my brother right in the back of the head. Not going to lie. Didn't hit him in the back, didn't hit him in the arm. I smacked him in the head. And at first, you think of a couple things when that, something like that happens. One, I see my brother crying hysterically. He's alive, so that's good, but it's part one. <laughs> and so that's my first thought. I was like, is he dead? Okay, he's crying. Perfect, he's alive. My next thought is that I'm in so much trouble because <laughs> I just hit my brother in the head with a baseball bat. Not a plastic bat, it was a metal bat. Yeah, it wasn't like a plastic wiffle ball. It was a metal bat. And so I remember, I remember just going to him, and I, I have one of those moments, like the brother moments where like, are you okay? And my second thing is, Yes, you are okay, because mom and dad doesn't have to know this. You can stop crying. You're fine. You're okay. It's okay. So my parents do end up finding out, and I do get in trouble a little bit. Uh, But my brother was fine, thankfully. Only a little bit of Dane Bramage, and you guys will get that in a second. Um, Just a little bit. He was fine, honestly. But I remember being at that moment, and my, my my face turned white, my whole body. I just didn't know what to do. I felt overwhelmed. I felt weak. I had no idea what to do that, what to do in that moment. And I feel like for some of us in here, or a lot of us in here, or all of us in here, we will go through, some, go through that in life with some point or another, where we just don't know what to do. We feel weak. We feel helpless. We have no idea what's going on. And, and, whether, and whether you're, you're really good in life or you're really bad or whatever, whoever you are, you're going to find difficulty in life. Maybe for you, you're even going through something right now. Maybe you're having issues at school and you're going, maybe you're, you went back to school, you're going to night school or maybe you're in middle school or high school. And you're just going through all these different things and you have no idea what to do. You feel so far behind. Or maybe you just got let go by your job. Or maybe it's a friend or family member you just lost touch with. Like you just, you, you don't know what to do in the situation. It's gone far too long. It's far too bad. Or maybe it's a family member who's sick. Or maybe you're going through financial issues. Or maybe it's a relationship that you're in that you know it's, you're not supposed to be in. It's not healthy. It's toxic. Yet you keep pulling in that relationship in. And you don't know what to do. And you're going fi- to find in life that life's difficult, right? Life is hard. Because we live in an imperfect world and we're all a little messed up. I'm messed up. You're messed up. We live, we're trying to live in this, in this world and we're trying to make it right. But it's not going to be right until Jesus comes back. And so, but that is, that is a promise one day. But right now, we live in an imperfect world with imperfect people. And so life is going to be difficult. Life's going to throw us curveballs. And like me, I was never good at hitting curveballs. I could hit the straight thing, but the curve thing, not so much. And so we didn't have to realize that we need something. And you might even ask God sometimes, God, what is going on? God, what do I do in this situation? God, why? I mean, you've probably asked that question in your lifetime. And I want you to know this, that whatever you're going through, no matter who it is, no matter who you are, I want you to know that there's a God who loves you, who cares about you, and the best is yet to come in your life. Your 2017 may not have started out the greatest. Your 2016 may have not have been the greatest. But guess what? I believe that the best is yet to come for your marriage, for your finances, for your health. Whatever you're going through, it's just a season because the best is yet to come. Amen? And this is why I believe so much in what this verse has to say. Paul's talking here, talking to the church at Corinth. And so read it, let's read it again. It says in verse 9, said, But he said to me, so God is actually talking to Paul. 
My grace is sufficient. My grace is enough for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I, I delight. He says he delights in his weaknesses, his insults, his hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. Like, I don't know about you, but I've never said, hey, God, thank you so much for making my life difficult. Like, I've never said that. But Paul is saying it here for a reason. And it's the next sentence. For when I am weak, then I'm what? I'm strong. I am strong. And so I love, I love this because Paul is taking us into his life. Paul is taking us into his real life account. And I want you to know this about Paul. At this point in time, he's very well educated. He was one of the smartest men in the Bible. He's an established man. He's an incredible leader. And he's young. And he started all these different churches all across the world. And yet, he has weakness. He doesn't have it all together. And I love that. Because he's a big deal. This is Paul. Talking about Paul in the Bible. He's a huge deal. And he's saying, you know what? I have weakness. I have trials. I have difficulties in life. And I need someone to guide me. His name is Jesus. And, the, and I love what in verse 7 he talks about how he has this weakness. And he says, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. Now I'm not saying every thorn in your flesh or everything that happens in your life that's difficult is from Satan. Like if you got a flat tire on the road, it's not the devil's fault sometimes. It's just because you got a flat tire. <laughs> so that's the reality. But I do believe this, is that do, the enemy does use some of those circumstances. The enemy does use those times. And the enemy will come after you, especially if you're going after God. Especially if you're doing God's will in your life. There's going to be difficult times just like Paul. And I think we all have some sort of weakness in life. And I don't know about you, but I have a weakness around 10 o'clock at night, every night, um, to raid the fridge or raid the pantry for some food. Um, I don't know about you, but I also have a problem at Publix uh, because it's my pleasure to shop there and give them my money. um, Because they have a thing called buy one, get one free deals. My wife makes fun of me all the time because I buy them all just about, <laughs> especially if there's like a package of Oreos. I don't even need Oreos, but if I can get two for one, that's a great deal. And so 10 o'clock hits and I have two things of Oreos and some milk in, in the fridge. Guess what? I want some Oreos and some milk. You don't just eat two Oreos. You eat a whole sleeve. <laughs> It's a terrible idea, but this is what happens. I'm talking about my weakness, guys. I'm talking about my weakness. Or maybe for you, your weakness isn't Oreos. It might be donuts. And we don't have one in Ocala, sadly, which is probably a good thing in my case. But when you see Krispy Kreme's neon lights, the giant, huge sign, and it says, hot now. That is like an invitation from God right there, saying, come get some donuts. So just being real, guys, this is weakness. But maybe for you, in all seriousness, maybe your weakness is a little bit more. Maybe it's a little more serious. Maybe you're actually physically sick. Maybe it's an addiction that you can't control. You feel like you're just trapped in it. Maybe you're fighting depression. And I think some of you in here, some of us in here, weakness is controlling every single aspect of your life. You feel trapped in it. And I think that's what Paul was going through. Paul mentions this thorn in his side, this weakness in his side. And he even asked God three times to take it away. 
So this thing is consuming him over and over again. And that's us, right? I think at some point or another, you're going to find some weakness. You're going to feel overwhelmed. You're going to feel overlooked. You're going to feel like you want to give up. And maybe you, just, you feel like just like Paul. You say, God, take this away from me. God, take it away. And it's going to be times this year even when you're just saying, I can't do it. I can't pay this bill. I can't, I can't do this again. I can't have this conversation again. I can't do this. I can't adult today. There's some days where I'm just like, I can't adult today. I just can't. It's tough. But I want you to know this. I love what God tells Paul, and this is for you too. My grace is sufficient. My grace is enough. For my power, God's power, is made perfect in our weakness. Made perfect in our weakness. You see, when, when we are weak, God is strong. And when this, this power he's talking about is not just like the, our own power, because we can't do a whole lot without God. Like, this, is, this, is an, uh, this is an amazing power. And the power he's talking about is the power that raised Christ from the grave. It is the same power, the same resurrection power that gave Jesus his life again. That's the power we're talking about. We're not talking about just the power where you can just do it yourself or anything. This is power is so much more. And when I'm weak, I'm actually stronger because I actually have God with me. I'm, he's with me. And Paul is saying here that he realized that he couldn't do it on his own anymore. He couldn't do it on his own anymore. He has to rely on someone to help him. And I want you to know this, is that God is sufficient enough to sustain you through the struggle. God is sufficient enough to sustain you through the struggle, whatever you're going through. And honestly, guys, no one really likes getting help. I don't know if you're like me at all, but, you know, growing up, I didn't really like group projects because they would always do it wrong. Um, at least I thought so. Um, learning how to do something, I always want to learn how to do it on. Guys in here, we don't really read instructions. We just kind of go, we just kind of do it. And we just see, it worked out, kind of. And so, and so we go through these times. And I don't really like getting help. And for me, one of my weaknesses is is that my culture, we don't dance a whole lot. And I married a woman whose culture dances a ton. <laughs> and so when we got married and everything, we would have salsa and bachata dancing. It's um, Latin music. And honestly, my hips don't move that way. It just, I, I tried. I tried to learn it on my own. I tried in the mirror. I just look. I'm not even going to do it because it's just bad. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Yeah, that's all, that's all I got. My wife's so proud. My wife's so proud. But my wife, she, you know, she would try to help me in my weakness. And I, my pride is just, it's just too much for dancing. And I struggle in this, guys. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, this is my weakness. And so I have to learn that I had to ask for help. And I didn't really ask for help that much, <laughs> honestly. I just felt really bad at dancing. Um, but, you know, in times in life, the real thing is, is that you're going to come to a point where you're going to have to ask for help. Just like if I want to ever learn how to dance, I have to ask somebody to learn how to dance. But we have to do life with Jesus. We cannot do life alone. That's why we have small groups. If you're not in a small group, get in one because we can't do life alone. We need friends. 
We need people around us to come around us, especially when we're weak. And then we ultimately, we need Jesus to come and help us when we're weak. Because we cannot do it on our, lo- our own. And you're going to come to a point where God's just going to be like, will you let me help you? Will you stop doing it on your own? Will you actually let me help you? Will you let me do what I'm best at? God is best at restoration. He's best at redeeming. He's taking a broken thing and making it whole again. That's what God's best at. And that's, what, that's why we need Jesus in our life. Because if you always try to fix it yourself, you're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to get anywhere. Because we can do nothing apart from him. And I love this quote. It states that man's weakness is God's opportunity, but man's strength is the devil's opportunity. And it's because of this. It's because of this. Because our own strength is actually God's rival. Because if we say, God, I don't really need you right now, then we actually take God out of the equation. We step away from his presence. We step away from him, and we try to do it on our own. We actually take God away, and that's when the enemy sneaks in. And at first, the enemy's going to be like, yeah, you can do it on your own. You can do this thing. You can, you can handle this. And then a few days, a few weeks later, comes around. You say, you can't do it. What were you thinking? You're worthless. You can't do anything. You can't beat this addiction. You can't beat this sickness. You don't have to get involved in church. You can't pursue God's calling on your life. And I want you to notice, that is so far from the truth of God. That is so far from the truth. And so, and we, and I think so many times we live in this place of fear because of that. We, li- we start living in a place of fear because we don't know where else to go. We, so we live in fear instead of being fearless. And God is calling us to be fearless in our weakness. He's calling us to be fearless in our weakness. And I want you to notice that weakness does not equal worthless. Just because you're weak at something doesn't mean you're worthless. God has used plenty of people with weakness and mistakes over and over again for the greatness of God. Because they started relying on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords instead of relying on themselves. They started relying on the fixer instead of trying to do it on their own. Abraham and Sarah both laughed at God because they said that they could never have kids. And you know what God did? He allowed them to birth many nations, came from Abraham. David was an adulterer. He messed up huge. And you know what God said? God redeemed him and said, David, you're a man after my own heart. Peter was a denier. Can you imagine this? You denied Jesus on the cross. I don't want that on my conscience ever. But Peter did. And you know what? When Jesus came back from the grave, he said, Peter, I'm going to build my church on you. And then Paul, the man we're talking about tonight, was a murderer, and he would take Christians and throw them in jail all the time. And yet, the reason, one of the reasons why we have church today is from a man like Paul. We're all a little messed up. We've all, we all have weakness. We've all, we've all had mistakes. But I want you to know this, that God is calling the greatness out of you. You don't have to live in your weakness. God is calling something out of you. If you're not dead, God's not done with you yet. If you're still breathing, God has something left in you. And what I love about Paul is that we can learn about this about weakness. Is that weakness doesn't hamper our calling. Our weakness propels us to our calling. Because we have to to live and rely on who Jesus is. 
And maybe you're in here and you feel like you can't do something anymore. You feel helpless. You feel exhausted. You feel overwhelmed. You feel fearful. You feel weak in your circumstance in life. And I, know, I want you to know this. That's exactly when you need to call on God all the more. And all of us have been there. All of us have messed up. All of us feel weak at times, whether it's our fault or not. But we're supposed to call out on God and rely on who he is because God's grace is bigger than your circumstance. God's grace is bigger than your sin. God's grace is bigger than anything we could imagine. And God's grace is bigger than your circumstance. So no matter what you're going through, no matter how bad it gets in life, no matter what pain you might feel, this isn't the end. It's just the beginning. Because God is strong in our weakest moments. Every time. And I love that because God is never weak. He doesn't have a weak bone in him. But I want you to get this tonight. Weakness is not power. Weakness isn't power. Us realizing our weakness and giving it to God, that's when we have power. Because we have to rely on him fully. Your weakness plus Christ's power equals perfect power. And I don't know about you, but I would rather live my life in weakness and understand that I have weakness in my life and rely on God than think I can do it all on my own and never have God. Amen. I want God's power because my power can never equal God's power. My power is nothing compared to the resurrection power of Christ. And some of the best moments in my life are when I let go and I let God do something big. And I want you to know this, is that when we take something off us, when we give something up to God, God always gives us something in return much more than we could have ever imagined. When we take off sin, guess what? He gives us forgiveness that we can't even fully understand. We, when, and, then, and when we take off our weakness, he gives us strength like we don't understand. Because that is who God is. Because his grace is enough. His grace is sufficient. Even when I'm weak. And you see, we live in a world where these feelings, these trials, these difficulties are not going to stop. We're always going to have something ahead of us. We're always going to be going through something. We're always going to feel weak at times. But I think God allows us to go through some of those things so we can rely on him. So we can actually pursue him. We can go after him. Because he's always chasing you, but are you chasing who God is? He's always doing that. We have to accept our weakness, but not be done there. We need a God. We need Jesus because he is strong. And I think some of us need to step out of our fear and step into God's grace. We need to step out of our weakness and into God's sufficient power. We need to do that in our life. And a lot of us in here need to stop trying to be God. Stop trying to forgive yourself over and over and over and over again because God's already died on the cross for you. He's already gotten up from the grave. He has already forgiven you. You just have to allow God to set in and stop pretending to be something you're not because God's already done it for you. He's already done it for you. So don't, you don't have to pretend to be strong all the time because guess what? He is strong. Just rely on him. So if you're in here today and you're thinking, Pastor Dan, I don't know what to do. 
I want you to step into grace. Step into his sufficient grace. If you're having trouble with a relationship or family issue, you're going through a divorce, step into grace. He's there. And whatever your weekend is, feels as though you're weak, step into his grace because he is enough. He is all that you need. Because when we're weak, he is strong. And I love that because Paul boasts in his weakness. He boasts in it. He says, I'm happy to have the weakness because he has given weakness over to the one, the only one who could take it away from him. That's why he boasts in it. You're not actually weak when you have Jesus. You're strong. You can get through this. You can do this. Each and every time you go through a difficult time, you can do it. And that's what Jesus can do for you. He can change the course of your life forever. He's changed my life forever. He's changed many people in here's lives forever. He can lift you up in your weakest battle. And I love this quote, and we're ending in just a second. The quote says this. It says, where there's impossible pain, there's incredible power. Where there's impossible pain, there's incredible power. And that power only comes from God. Because when you're weak, he is strong. And I want you to be fearless in your weakness. You don't have to be afraid of your weakness anymore. You don't have to be afraid about what's next, what difficult time you're going to go through. I want you to be fearless in it because you know God has already saved you from it. God is enough for it. God is sufficient for it. So boast in your weakness because God's not done with you yet. The best is yet to come. Be fearless in your weakness. And if we could just do this real quick, can we just have every head bowed and every eyes closed just for a second? I'm going to do two things here. I'm going to ask two things of you. If you're in here and you're saying, Pastor Daniel, I'm weak in some areas. I'm weak in life. I'm having some difficult time in life. I don't know which way to go. I don't know where to go. I, I just don't know what's next. I'm a fearful. I'm afraid. I'm weak. You feel this burden on you. feel this thorn on your flesh all the time. It's consuming you. If you're in here, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand just for a second. I'm just going to, I just want to see your hand just, to, just so I can pray for you. See those hands. Hands up going everywhere. My hand's up too. We all have some kind of weakness in life. It's amazing. See all his hands. I want you to know that God's grace is sufficient for you. It's enough. It's enough. And number two, if you're in here and you're saying, Pastor Daniel... I hear you talking about God, and I hear you talking about Jesus, and I hear you talking about all these different Bible characters and all these things, but I've never given my life to Christ. I've never accepted him as my Savior. Maybe you're saying, Pastor Daniel, I've lived a crazy life the past few weeks. I have sin in my life, and I want to recommit my life to him. And you said, you want, I want to do that right now. And I'm going to ask you to take a step. I'm going to ask you to be bold. Bold enough to raise your hand. If you're in here and say, Pastor, I want to accept Jesus as my Savior tonight. I just want you to raise your hand right now. See that hand. It's the best decision you can see those hands. See that hand and see that hand. It's amazing. The best decision you can ever make is see that hand. See those hands. It's amazing. It gets me every time. It's the best decision you can ever make. Anyone else? See those hands. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a prayer. And if you raise your hands tonight for any of those things, I want you to make this prayer your own. 
I want you to internalize this prayer and make it your own. So let's pray. Say, dear God, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that we might be weak sometimes, but God, you are strong. God, we thank you so much just for the love and the goodness you are, God. God, forgive us of our sins. Forgive me of my sins, God. And I thank you for dying and rising again for me. That you loved me enough to die for me. That you came down from a perfect heaven to an imperfect world just to save us. God, forgive me of my sins. Make me new. Make me whole. Make me from what is broken into whole again. And we thank you. And God, I just pray for strength in us. God, we feel weak at so many times, but God, I thank you for your strength that we can rely on who you are because of who we are, that we are yours, God. Help us to always rely on you, God. Help us not to turn to anyone else first. Help us to go to you first, God. Help us to be strong when we are weak. Help us to be fearless in our weakness, God, because you are fearless. You have no fear. There's no one like you. There's no one bound to you. There's nothing like you, God. Thank you for being the creator of the universe and creator of us and for knowing us and true. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And I encourage you, if you're here tonight and you raise your hand, to come talk to somebody. And we even have a next steps text message. If you want to do that tonight, all you have to do is just text this number. Hopefully it's on the screen. <laughs> but if, if you... If, if, but I want you to know this, is that God is stronger than your everything. God is strongest in your weakest moments. And he loves you and he cares about you. And he wants you to serve him forever. Can we just give it up for God tonight and what he did tonight? It's so amazing. Hope you guys got something out of this. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.